Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. I'm Mark Clemente, joined this week by Michael Andonisio. And Tommy's sitting this one out this week, yeah, Michael. Yeah, he's on the DL this week. We don't have Tommy this week. I don't have to listen to his hockey talk. Special guest appearance by my new dog, Tux. We'll see if Tux has anything to offer. Probably more than Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> listen, anyway, episode 10, it's fitting. Double digits, a ton happening in the sports world. Uh, Pirates opening day, first pitch today of the 2022 season. Certainly not a lot of optimism there. However, they signed Key Brian Hayes to a record contract. So some good news coming out today. We'll get to that. Uh, the NCAA finals on Monday. Another fitting end. Fitting end to a great absolute, tournament. Yes. Phenomenal. Penguins. Oof. I'll talk a little about the Penguins. I'll sub in for Tommy this week and, and offer a little insight on my end. What I think, where I think they are, what I think the future may hold for this franchise. It's not good right now. They just went through a tough stretch. Didn't perform well. Um, big game tonight. It's Thursday night. Huge game tonight against the Rangers. Talk more about that. Of course, we're a week closer to the NFL draft, which is our Christmas. We're counting three down. Three weeks from today. Three weeks from today. Yes. We'll be sitting in this yes. very room. That TV. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We'll be watching the first round of the draft as we have for probably 30 years now. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't missed one. But first, we're going to start with what I think is the story of the year so far. I called Without it last week. You did. I, I, that was my rant to, at the end of the podcast. So you last guys week. need to listen to this. You'll get these tidbits that only you'll get here. So, and, and Michael proved that he's like Nostra, Nostradamus sitting over there. Tiger Woods is back. Sure is. I mean, you want forty-six years old, horrific car accident. Basically, has a completely rebuilt right leg. Comes back today, Augusta. Yeah. And shoots a one under. Yeah, uh, he's uh, right now. I believe now the first round hasn't uh, finished up, but M is leading at five under, and then you got uh, Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson at four under. So Tiger is four shots off the lead after one round. Now I said last week on the podcast, I said what a great story mm-hmm. this would be. I mean, listen, and Mark, how do you feel about Tiger? I mean, I, do you put him in the same category as as far as? transcending his sport as Absolutely. Muhammad Ali, as Michael Jordan. And you well, would say that he Tiger Woods is that guy? At, no, without a doubt for golf. Now you have Nicholas and Arnie. And Arnie sort of did it with Arnie's army and made golf a lot more popular, brought it to the masses because prior to that, golf was always viewed as a rich sport. Arnie changed all that. So Tiger made it cool. Exactly. He made it cool Exactly golf. right. Yeah, I mean, he definitely is. I mean, you and I sport. started golfing more right. about 15 years ago right. because he made Tiger. it more hip. Yep. To, to golf. And he, it became must-see TV for the first time in a while. Look, I never want – you knew about Jack Nicholas. We knew about Jack growing up, but it was never must-see TV. You didn't want to tune in. As soon as my dad would turn golf on, mm-hmm. I walked out of the room Same. as a kid. I mean, well, I don't think it was ever on in my house. It was on in mine, but my, as but, soon as my dad put it on, I was out the door. Um, what he did today – I mean, listen, when's the last time you watched the first round of any major? <laughs> I mean, you and I are novice right. golf, golf fans. Yeah. We, I mean, we like it. I'll watch the majors. I usually watch it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'll tune in Saturday to see if it's close, you know, but you tune in on Sunday to see who wins. This is the first time I ever watched the first round of a major because he was coming back. I mean, at 46 years old, not only the leg injury from the car crash, but all the other injuries, the back, the knee, everything that mm-hmm. he's gone through. And he went out there today and shot a one under. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's, it's – I, I said last week, I said if he just finishes the first first day – I'd be happy with that. 
he comes out and now he's four shots off the lead going into tomorrow. Yeah, at this point, do we expect anything less from him? As you said, he has transcended the sport. I put he and Brady and Jordan and if there's a Mount, you know, Mount whatever, Mount Rushmore, Mount, yeah, sorry, I can't think of it, of athletes, there it is. And it's almost like, as you said, we just wanted to get him through. I kept saying today, I just want to get him to the weekend. But just make, just make, make, the, make cut. the cut. But we should have known this is Tiger. He's right there after one day. Now, we'll see how the, the leg holds right. up tomorrow. The back nine, he started hitting the ball a little bit into the woods, but he bailed himself out. What he was doing over the last six months was really working on yeah. his short game because I'll tell you what, oh. with, with his wedge today, I mean, he was putting the ball right on the green. He missed a couple. Missed a couple short. Yeah. And I think that's just rust. Well, yeah, he hasn't played competitive right. golf. Right. And I think, if anything, that's going to get better as, as the weekend progresses. I just hope that, I hope the leg holds up. Yeah, right. Tomorrow, he's still around even one under, maybe two under. Um, the weather's supposed to get worse. So. Right. He knows how to play that course. Mm -hmm. I mean, he today played his 91st round of golf, competitive golf at Augusta, yes. 91. So he, nobody knows the course like he does. He's a five-time right. champion. Mm -hmm. um, but what a story. And like I said, I, I when I said I, I thought I heard maybe some rumors that he was talking about playing last week, I wasn't 100% sure, but I wanted to talk about it because for me it's big. I mean, you know, he makes – you feel like golfers are athletes now. Yes. I mean, when we were growing up, they were all pudgy. Right, exactly. Out of shape. Yeah, they, they did, there was nothing to them. I mean, and it, I don't know if you noticed today, but I'm trying, I'm, as I'm watching him, I'm trying to, I'm saying to myself, okay, how is this guy so special? How is he able to come back at 46 years old, only three years younger than us, play the way he's played? I mean, you and I have had our share of injuries. We get out on the golf course, we can barely play nine holes. I can't and even then get we're out sore, of bed some mornings. Right. And, and then there no he is doing his thing. And I noticed. Did you know that his upper body? He's huge. He's, he's bulked yeah, up again. He looks like an athlete. Yeah, I mean. He doesn't look like your typical golfer. Exactly. Now, the golfers today, after mm -hmm. he came mm -hmm. along, all started to get they in shape. They all realized, They all yes. made, they made a conscious effort to get in shape. Right. You know, Dustin Johnson's in mm -hmm. good shape. Oh, you see, you don't see the fat Bryson, golfers. Bryson, Brooks. You don't see the, the John Daly's anymore. No. Mm -hmm. You know, where he puts a cigarette down on the <laughs> right, grass right. and then tees the ball up and then picks it, the cigarette it. up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or, you know, or he puts his beer down and picks it up yeah. after he hits the ball. We have athletes playing golf now and. You're, you're seeing he's he's pushed everybody to be better, and uh, I can't wait for tomorrow. I, I can't right. wait until he tees off tomorrow. The second round, I'm gonna yeah, watch. Yeah, there's the not gonna round. be a lot of work being done tomorrow in in around in companies around America. I, it's not. No, no, there's no way. It's must see TV. Absolutely, it is, and hopefully he can continue it. I'll certainly be rooting for him over the weekend. It's it is. It's a fantastic story. Even if he, can you finish his top ten. If he just hangs where he is right now and finishes top ten, that that's amazing. I and mean, they were saying he may never play again. Yeah, competitive golf, right. never play. Yeah, go back and golf. check the headlines after the accident. Yeah. You know, a couple weeks after the accident, they weren't sure if he was going to be able to walk a course again. And here he is. What an amazing day today! Amazing day, amazing evening, Monday night. The other great story. I mean, and I will say the second best story of 2022 so far has been March Madness. At Monday night was was the the cherry on top of the the Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, I really, mean, yeah. that game. Listen, fifteen point lead at halftime for for North Carolina, right? Forty to twenty five, and you're thinking to yourself, ah, you know what? North Carolina's got this game, right? Should have yeah. known better. Sh yep, you should have known better because it, I mean that was the biggest comeback in finals history. Yep. History, mm -hmm. you know, Kansas clamped down on defense. Um, I will say this that you know. North Carolina lost by three, mm -hmm. but I knew Caleb Love. And and listen, 
Hubert Davis changed their offense after right. the, the loss mm-hmm. to the team from this city. <laughs> yeah. Um, he told Cyclops. those two guards, you know, he took the shackles off them and said, mm-hmm. do your thing. So you live by it, you die right. by it. Monday night, they died right. by it. Right. Caleb Love went 5 of 24 from the field, and R.J. Davis Oof. went 5 of 17. They combined yeah, you're, you're with 10 of 41, and they still only lost by three. Kudos to um, Armando Baycott. Played on the yep. gimpy leg. Had a double-double, 15 and 15. And Manic. Manic had a good Manic game. Manic had a good game. But the, the two guards is what cost them. But that's how they got to the championship game with those two guys taking volume shots. They just missed a ton of them. Now some of the credit goes to Kansas's defense, of course. They clamped down. They clamped down against Villanova. Um, listen, I know O.J. Abaje was, mm-hmm. was named um, Final Four MVP. But for me, David McCormick. Mm-hmm. He was the MVP. Yep. I mean, against Villanova, 25 points and nine rebounds. It was a career yeah. high. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back uh, with 15 and 10 yeah. against North Carolina with Baycott right. as, as a, One of the as best a pure center. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. two pure centers going yeah. against each other. Um, what a fantastic Final Four. Uh, what a t- fantastic tournament. Um, you know, the St. Peter's story. It's just that it was a fitting and – to the college basketball season, and and that's that's why we love college sports, but especially this tournament. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and St. Peter's and their players and their coaches are reaping the benefit. Just real quick, want to talk about that because we've been talking about St. Peter's so much. They're out the you know with, with the run that they had. Of course, Shaheen Holloway, Holloway went back to his alma mater. He's now the new head coach at Seton Hall, and he earned it. Or Seton Hill, excuse me, Seton, 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 Seton Hall. Hall. I was right. Seton Hill's right here, right here. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and and. Uh, my guy, your guy, is uh, has entered the portal. Yeah, three of their starters three, entered, yeah. entered the portal. So we'll we'll see where they wind up. Maybe a, a, a power five conference. And I think that yeah, they definitely yeah, I mean, will. They they proved that they can play at that level. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to next season. Yeah, absolutely. How could you not after what we just witnessed yeah. for the past three weeks? I mean, just phenomenal basketball. Yeah, phenomenal basketball. We're talking Masters and now. I guess we're going to get into the uh, 2022 uh, baseball season. Let's do it. Hey, it, it you know, start it today for the Pirates. Um, let's start with the signing first. Let's start with the good news first. Yes. Uh, before the game, it was announced Key Brian Hayes is going to sign an eight-year, $70 million contract, which is the richest in Pirate history. And with a team option for a ninth right. year, which so, will take him into his uh, – Love seeing that. We want to see commitment from Nutting, Charrington, and the front office staff. That's the first step. That's a nice first step. So the good feelings abounded, right, before the first pitch. Everyone's feeling great. Hey, hopefully Brian Reynolds is right behind. We need to see that piece. He's their best player. As you always say, Michael, one of the top three center fielders in baseball. He is. He's, they have he it all. You want That has to be the next thing we hear about. It has to be. Avoid the arbitration. They still can. Avoid the hearing. Sign this guy to a long-term deal. And then that – that will go a long, long way, I think, to helping solidify the relationship between the fans and the team. Yeah, that shows the commitment to winning right. at some point. You want to build your team around a guy like this. Yes. He does everything the right way. Great defensive center fielder, can hit from both sides of the plate, has a different swing from both sides of the plate, but he, he's equally as good from the right side as he is from the left side. And, and that's hard to do. I mean, there's only five switch hitters in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. it's, a, right. it's a hard thing to do. Some guys give it up at some point. This guy needs to be paid. They've been petty with him so far. We know how the but, arbitration thing's going with him. 
you know, they, they didn't give him the extra, what was it, five, uh, 650000 is yep. what he was asking yep. for. And so they're taking him to arbitration. The, the petty things that the Pirates do, it seems like they take one step forward and two steps back. And uh, some of the stuff they do, you're like, wow, that's that's a great move. And then they do yep. stuff that just totally it's doesn't make sense. It's mind-boggling, right. It just shows they're totally disconnected. And then they lie about things. You know, they, they send down O'Neill Cruz because of position versatility. But when we all know, it's about salary and it, it, holding that clock from starting to tick. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about now. And the game, I don't think we want to talk about. It's what we're going to expect from this year. It's, yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad year. We, we, if, if you're a Pirate fan, I, I, I know my, I, I'm very rarely glass half full, but I, I Mark knows me right. well. I'm always a glass half full guy with the Pirates. Yes. Now you can take your your hatred towards the ownership out of the equation because right. it is what it is. Right. Let's not talk. Everyone talk. Right. We've beat that to we ad nauseum. Yeah, Let's we, talk yeah. about the on-field product. The on-field product right now, and here's what we got this year so far. You're you're looking obviously. There's not much to look at until probably June. I'm, I'm just being honest. I mean, when you turn mm-hmm. on a Pirate game, uh, the pitching is going to be weak. Okay. And now key. So the one piece we didn't talk about, the good news, bad news. Yes, is- to Brian Hayes today in the first inning, uh, hurt his wrist again. I don't know if it's the same wrist. It seemed to be on his glove hand. He came out of the game in the first inning. So hopefully he signed his name on the contract <laughs> before he hurt the, the wrist again. And I, I people were saying, I seen, you know, on Twitter feeds that he shouldn't have signed the deal, wasn't enough money. Listen, it was a gamble on both sides. It absolutely the Pirates, was. They both took assumed risk in this Yeah, in the this Pirates deal. know this guy hasn't been healthy since he's been here. Now, we know that the, the glove is obviously mm-hmm. gold, gold, gold glove, glove. caliber. Yep. I mean, this guy can really pick it at third base. The hitting's still lagging behind. As a corner infielder, you need more power. Mm-hmm. He hit six home runs last year. So, you're not exactly sure what you're getting. If he turns into a good hitter with that great defense – then it's a, it's a good deal it's for it. the Pirates. For him, it's financial security. Mm-hmm. It buys out all his arbitration years, right? and he gets all that money up front, and all $70 million's guaranteed. And that ninth year that's on there is a team option. So it, it, it gives both of them a little bit of wiggle room. But again, it was obviously that we were ecstatic. I called Mark mm-hmm. and I said, they signed You were like, no, they did. I was like, yeah, they signed him. And then an hour later, later he's injured he again. Down with it. Who knows what we'll find out, I guess, tomorrow what, what happened with that. Um, he was one of the guys that you wanted to watch right. until June. Mm-hmm. Him and Reynolds. Yep. And they brought up a young kid named Diego Castillo mm-hmm. who, you know, we, we, we tend to bash the Pirates' front office, right? But that trade last year, if you remember. Oh, the Clay Holmes deal. Clay Holmes to the Yankees for Hoy Park and Diego Castillo. Two, who, two, play, two guys who played today. Two guys who played today. So Castillo is somebody you're going to want to see. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm going to be honest with you, that pitching staff's oh. a, a, a dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, it's a complete shit show. Mm-hmm. So I, the games are going to be long because they don't seem like they're going to throw very many strikes. Which is, which happened today, uh, which Brew happened Baker. Today. 68 pitches pitch, yeah. in three, four, in, three innings. Three innings, yep. Three innings, and then Crow followed him up off piggybacking off him because right. everybody isn't stretched out yet. He throws 41 pitches in two innings. So, through five innings, they threw, what, 109 pitches? <laughs> That's crazy. That's and crazy. on the flip side, Wainwright had 68 pitches through five innings. For, well, that, That's that, a guy that, who knows how to pitch versus guys who, doesn't, right. who don't know how to pitch. Now, the guys that everybody is clamoring for, right, O'Neill Cruz. He yep. will be here. Just be patient. He's going to be here in June. I know they said posi- – uh, right. Tommy got oh, us thinking right. about yeah. this. And when he went That's on his screen a couple weeks now. ago, position flex- flexibility. He <laughs> – 
He's only working at shortstop. Right. So what, what position yeah. and flexibility are we talking well, and about? And that's what bothers me about the Pirates. Just, just come out and say, look, we're going to see him this summer. We want him to get a little work. Don't bring up the whole positional flexibility. Just say we want him to get additional work in the minors. He's only had 60 at-bats or whatever it is at AAA. At yeah. AAA. Yeah. We think he'd benefit from more at-bats. That would would resonate a little better with me than this positional flexibility bullcrap. No question. Because at the end of the day, like I said, it's all about money. We know that. Yes, because we're seeing it across the board, mm-hmm. right? Kansas City brought up Bobby Witt. Right. He's 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle brought up Julio Rodriguez. He's 21. De- uh, uh, Detroit, Reds, Detroit, Detroit brought up Spencer, Spencer Torkelson. Yep. And Riley Green, right. their other top prospect, would have made the team had he not hurt his hamstring. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then you got Cincinnati brought both of their young pitchers up, uh, Nick Ladello and uh, Hunter Green. Right. You know, so it, it, for them, it's not about the clock. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the clock last year for Tampa. So it seems like the Pirates got one foot in, one foot out. But what I will say, the, the position players this year, you're going to start seeing them at some point during the year as they, if they perform at Triple A. Right. After June, we'll see them, like you we're said. We're going to see yep. them. You're going to see O'Neill Cruz. And the only pitcher that you really want to see this year, right. well, not want to see, the only pitcher you will see this year right. is uh, Ronzi Contreras. Uh, he needs more innings mm-hmm. in the minors. But there's another guy, and I don't know if you remember, yeah. Cody Bolton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, he was he hurt. And, he's back. Yeah. and mm-hmm. he, missed, he missed almost a year and a half. Yep. He pitched opening day. He only threw two innings. But I think at some point you'll see him this year. He has good stuff. Um, he was one of the Pirates' top ten prospects. Mm-hmm. That's when the system was right. a little thin. He's like 27, 28 as far as MLB pipeline goes right now, and that's the only one I look at. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're going to start seeing an influx of – Position players, Travis Swaggerty, Mason Martin, Cal Mitchell, uh, G1 Bai, uh, Matt Frazier, who was the Pirates minor league player of the year last I year. I can't wait to see this kid play. Came out of nowhere. The kid knows how to hit. And Cannon Smith Nigba. Yeah. Um, they got some position players. And then hopefully Nick Gonzalez, mm-hmm. it, it, this kid can rake. Yeah. I mean, he really can rake. The kid so knows, yeah. They he knows got how the to nucleus hit. to start mm-hmm. building. In 23, you're going to see Henry Davis. Mm-hmm. You're going to see Quinn Priester, uh, Levor Paguero, the shortstop of the future. If I, I'm telling you, I, and I know you feel the same way. If I see Kevin Newman, he made an error today. They love his glove. Well, I mean, well, he game had, one, he had an error. The ball just ate him up. I mean, for how many years has he been in the league now? This will be his fourth. Fourth year. That shouldn't happen. Charge that ball. Yeah. He let it play him, and he made – this is not what you want from your fourth-year pro, well, who he, you claim is a you know tremendous defensive shortstop. He was hitting fifth today, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into. Well, that. let's not even talk about who was hitting first today. Yes, yes, the big guy Dan Vogelbaum. Yeah, but you're going to start. You just got to be a little patient. I know they. I know it does, the light seems like it's far down the tunnel, but it's not that far. By by next year, you're going to start. You're going to have Nick Gonzalez at second. You're going to have O'Neill Cruz at short. Henry Davis will be mm. up next year. This guy is the real deal. He can hit, and he mm. just needs to get more development. He's a leader. The yeah, they, yep. they said he's got the, the mental makeup to lead a, a staff, to be a team leader for that matter. No, I, I, you're going to start seeing an influx of, of talent coming here at some point. It's just this, these first two months of this it's season. It's going to be rough. I mean, I, I, would, I walked out today in the third inning after mm. they hit into a double play after they finally got a base hit off of Adam Wingray. I just – it's going to be hard to watch for a couple months, but just, just be and patient to, with them. And to that point, and, and we'll move on from the Pirates here in a second, but Dan Kovacevic wrote a great column this morning 
Uh, and he's been a staunch defender of what they're doing, like you and I. Like, we believe in the process. He's been a staunch – look, Charrington has done it right. He, you know, basically tore it down to the studs, to the foundation, and he's totally rebuilding. I'm, a, I'm fully on board. Like you said, the, in the years past, it's been one foot in, one foot out. I like what he's done. They, he's, I mean, a ton of assets. He acquired a ton of assets through trade in the draft. Last year's draft, I still say to this day, and hopefully it pans out, time will tell, but uh, as of now, best pirate draft in history. Um, but you can't neglect the major league franchise. And once again, this offseason, he's done that. You can't go in to a season picking up your third outfielder the day before the season starts, Jake Marinchek. And he can't even hit the ball. He's great defensively. Yeah, Marisnik, yeah. He's, Marisnik, yeah, yeah, thank you. Mar- Whatever well, the hell yeah, his yeah, name well, is. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, and yeah. Andrew Knapp behind the plate. They signed him the day before the season starts. That, to me, is a lack of preparation. That's a lack of work done in the offseason. And they fully neglected the major league franchise. And I there's mean, no more tanking. So right. you, you're not you're – not, actually, the, it goes in reverse order now. The team with the fifth worst record has the most lottery balls. Which I love this approach. Yeah, because – it, it, it gives you an incentive to try to right. win in September. You know, when you're playing a contender and you've got a bunch of jabrones out there playing, right. you know, you, you, you've got to – I mean, it, there's no guarantee because right. you have the worst record now that you're going to get the first pick. It goes into a lottery. So, I, yeah, I, right now it, 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 I shake my head at some of the stuff that they're doing. I'm hoping some of these guys get here soon. What they're going to do with these jabrones that they have on the roster yeah. now, I mean, most of them aren't trade assets. Vogelbach, Mariznick's not a trade a- asset. I mean, the catching I get – well, I didn't get the Andrew Knapp signing, yeah. but well, that, I'm not even going to get into that. That didn't make <laughs> no sense to me. But, it, you know, they got some young guys, and I don't know why they just didn't hold tight mm-hmm. instead of – you know, uh, the, who the other guy they picked up? Johnny Van Meter? Oh, Van yeah. yeah. I, I always think of Vanderbilt. Because they picked up Mariznick yesterday. They yeah. called him at the airport and said, hey, why don't you come, <laughs> right. come here? We ain't got nothing else to do. They, they need to, to, to go in one direction, and I think they got to play the young players sooner rather than later. And you're going you're gonna to have some bumps, but at least the fan base has something to be excited about because you need that, you need that excitement when you're watching a game. Like we did in September when Contreras came up mm-hmm. last year and pitched that one game. Right. I mean, the Pirates were almost 100 losses, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching a game in late September to see how he looks. Mm-hmm. You know, Cruz comes yeah, Cruz, up and yeah. hits a home run. Mm-hmm. That, that's what you want to see. Yeah, are they going to struggle at the major league level? Absolutely. But that's where you take mm-hmm. your lumps at the major league level. And you're right. seeing other franchises doing it. And you're like, what are they doing? So yeah. hopefully things will change in June. If you can get if you can get the Stomach June, it till June because it's going it to be ugly. June. Anyway, uh, another Pittsburgh franchise that is struggling right now, whether fans want to admit it or not, is the Penguins. And I know that's not going to be popular sentiment. They're going to say, you're crazy. Look at the record. I'm going to say, well, look how they've performed. And, Michael, I know you're not a hockey fan, but you follow along. Their past 11 games, they've played teams, upper echelon teams in the yeah. NHL. They're 4-6-1. and one. Not exactly a ringing endorsement for this team as we head into the playoffs. I mean, we're weeks away from the playoffs at this point. They've struggled against the Rangers. The Avalanche pummeled them. And i got to say that – thing that made me sad, and I, I talked to Tommy earlier today about this, and he agreed with me. The last Avalanche game, Penguins lost 6-4. Crosby and Malkin looked like they were probably fifth or sixth best, best players on the ice that night. 
With, it doesn't bode well for them. No, that, that's no. The case and and, and I think basis. we're seeing that. This is a team built on speed, right? They want to forecheck like madman. Tommy has talked about this in previous podcasts. They want to pinch their defensemen constantly. Well, guess what? When you play teams that are faster than the Penguins, and if we think back, when they won their last two Cups, they were the fastest team out there. They were able to play that style because they had a young Brian Russ. They had a young Jake Gensel. They had these guys, Chris Letang in his prime. Trevor Daly, who could fly on skates. Now, they're being exposed for it. Gino certainly not known for his speed anymore. Um, Sid has certainly lost a step or two. Age catches up to us all. And it that's does. What I mean, I don't care who you are. And especially when you want to play this style of hockey, I think that's what's being exposed right now. And when you think about the team who they're actually playing tonight, as I mentioned earlier, and who they're most likely going to play in the first round of the playoffs. Watch the game tonight. You'll see New York team speed faster than the Penguins. So they're going to need outstanding goaltending from Tristan Jari, which I'm not optimistic until he proves otherwise. When the bright lights turn on in May, is he going to fold like he did last year? Is he going to play average as he's been playing over the past 15 games or so? A little above average, I'll be fair. Or can he take his game to another level? Because that's what's going to have to happen. And it's going to be all about matchups as they go through the playoffs. I just don't think they match up well, given the team speed of the Rangers of Carolina, um, that they're going to be able to hang. I I think it's going to be another abrupt ending for the Penguins. And we're going to see the end of this, uh, of the the, the core, as we've talked about in, in previous podcasts. So you're thinking of a first round loss. I'm thinking, I, 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 I haven't seen anything over the past two and a half, three weeks that leads me to believe that this team can be successful in the playoffs. Can they find another gear in the playoffs? I'm not optimistic that maybe. Uh, maybe they're holding some back. Um, you know, This is a veteran-laden team. Maybe they realize they have the playoff position clinched. They pretty much they're going to play the Rangers, right. so maybe they're holding a little in the tank. Um, if any, they're savvy that way. They know what they're going to need in the playoffs. It's hard That's the only it. thing I'm hoping for. It's hard to turn it off and on. I mean, it is, know, and can, they've learned that the past three seasons. I can it's equate pre- it to basketball. You know, right. everybody thought at some point this season that the Lakers were going to turn it on. Well, guess what? Yeah, they turned it off. They turned it. They yeah, got eliminated yeah. the other day from the playoff contention, and that's when you build a roster around aging players. Right, the injuries start catching up. LeBron misses some mm-hmm. games. AD misses some games. Russell Westbrook isn't the same player. Same with Malkin and, and Crosby. Mm-hmm. Some nights they have it. As you start getting into your mid thirties, mm-hmm. some nights you don't, you don't have it. Right. You know, and and that's the way it goes. It's hard to turn it on and off in, in any sport. So, mm-hmm. I guess time will tell. We'll see. As it stands right now, as I said, I'm not optimistic. I'm fearful that it's going to be another one and done. And we'll certainly talk more about that, especially when we get Tommy back in the seat over there. Uh, but for now, let's see what happens against the Rangers tonight. If they lose this, I think you can. there will be six, point, six points behind the Rangers. I think you pretty much guarantee they're going to play the Rangers. They're not going to catch them at that point. Rangers will get home ice, which whatever the hell that means in, that in playoff hockey, hockey, not much. Um, but that will be three losses in a row to the Rangers. And I don't care what anybody says, that's tough to overcome. You know, you just lost three games the past month and a half to this team, <clears throat> and now you're going to be expected to win four games out of seven against them? Yeah, that's a tall task. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a task. tall task. So we'll see what happens there. Okay, so we are three weeks 
to the day. To the day from the NFL draft. Can't wait. Can't wait. We're, as you can tell, we're counting down. Things are starting to shake out a little bit. You're starting to see teams invite certain prospects in for these pre-draft visits. That's This is the last stage. This is the last thing they do before we get to the big night. And the last chance a team has to evaluate the players they have on their board and, 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 how, and, and as they shake out their board and rank these players, this is the last chance they have to impress teams. And this is with their minds. This is with their heads. From what I understand, and you may know, you could shed a little more insight into this, when you're getting invited in, right, Kenny goes to, Kenny Pickett goes to Atlanta, for example. Basically what that is is hour upon hour of film, right. from what I understand, right? right? Yeah, so is there, and have you heard anything else that, that's happening here as we get, as we come down the home stretch to the draft, Michael, yeah, when these visits? You're, you're seeing a lot of visits from a lot of different players. You're getting a lot of interviews. They want to get to know the players as people see what their backgrounds like because you know when you're investing this kind of money in these players you want to make sure you're making not only an on-field uh, commitment but financially but you're making sure that this is a right fit for your organization and that's where you'll start seeing we've seen it in past drafts where guys will slip down boards a little mm -hmm. bit because of character issues um, that's what this it's a it's a feeling out process it's a, yeah it's another it, interview basically is the player uh, scheme fit mm -hmm. all those things go into play when they go on these interviews so we're getting down to the wire here and in these last three weeks you're going to see you're going to hear guys dropping guys going up boards and a lot of it's smoke and mirrors right mm -hmm. you know you 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 put something out there you but you that's not what your intention was your intention was another player so you you see a lot of this uh it's it's almost like playing poker right these GMs do a little, mm -hmm. you know, poker what's, play. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, where's and, the smoke screen? Yeah, what's real? What's real and what's mm -hmm. not? And you might get a team to jump yeah. and move up when they really didn't have to. So that that's what these last three weeks, it's just, it, it's the, the details of now mm -hmm. of the draft. It's, it's the dot in your I's and crossing your T's is what these uh, interview processes Let me are. ask you, I mean, you and I both have been draft nerds, draft geeks for a long, long time. Do you remember a year? where the mocks have been all over the place. I mean, some mocks you see, the latest one I saw today, Malik Willis going two to the Lions. Other mocks, he he could he drops to the Steelers at 20. Kenny, same thing. See him at six. Right. McShay has him going in the second round. It's all over the place. It is all over. This is the first year I've ever – I think because of free agency and all the trades that, mm -hmm. that have happened, this has been the strangest offseason in NFL history. I mean, we've never had – I mean, we obviously there's always been moves. Nothing like this. I mean, this is just this. Your two top wide receivers traded. Yeah, you're you're seeing the strangest things this year. So this isn't your typical year. So you you know when we do our mock draft, you know me, you mm -hmm. and Tommy do our mock drafts uh, the week before mm -hmm. the draft. I'd be shocked if we get twenty five percent of them right yeah. because we have no idea what these teams are thinking and where they're going to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has been the strangest year. I've ever witnessed, and we've been doing the draft for twenty some years together. You know, and right. we usually get the you know eight out of the ten, first ten, ten picks. Right. I we'd be lucky to get three. Yeah, I, I, mean, I really have no, no idea this year. Well, and another great example: is Stingley, Derek Stingley, cornerback out of LSU. For the longest time, he was a top consensus top five pick. Now, once again, like I said, I, mock draft this week has him going to the Steelers at twenty and falling way down the first round. It's just all over the place. Yeah, I it, think it's – and even with the Steelers, who knows? I, they could go in any number of directions. You, you, we've seen it all. We've heard it all. 
Could they take a quarterback? May they take a safety now because they haven't signed a safety. Defensive line, wide receiver. Yeah, we, we have no idea. I mean, th- 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 it's like the wild, wild west. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. has just been th- – th- I mean, there's there's no sheriff on duty. I mean, yeah. just every day there's something new in the NFL happening. That's never happened before. And we're not talking little moves. We're talking – like, I mean, the moves that have been made, like the Devontae Adams, I mean, just things that you've never heard of before. And that's why this, there's so much uncertainty around this draft because – Every team's needs changed over the last three weeks. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we picked up a wide receiver. We no longer well, they had them slotted a wide. Now, where do they go? Mm-hmm. So, this is going to be a wild draft to watch, and I think there's going to be more trades to be had on draft day. I guarantee. Oh, I think yeah, it's going to continue for sure. All right, well, that's uh, that wraps it up for this week. But before we go, we'll do what we always do here, and we'll our rants, our closing arguments, our closing comments, whatever you want to call it. Michael, what do you got? You know, I usually go with something more serious, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I was watching the Cardinals Pirates pregame today, mm-hmm. and um, I have a pet peeve: grown ass men wearing other players' jerseys. Never understood it. Never. I, 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 I don't get it. Now, I'll give you a little rope with this, right? You can wear a player's jersey if the guy is older than you. Like, I, I'm wearing right now, I'm wearing a Julia right. Serving T-shirt. Exactly. I have he a Joe my, Green jersey. Julia Serving was my idol growing up. But if you're a grown-ass man wearing a 21-year-old's jersey, I just got There's a problem wrong with, with that. Yeah. So please stop doing that. It, it just drives me absolutely apeshit. I don't understand it. I think it's the most bizarre thing. I, nobody's bigger sports fans than we are. I own no game jerseys. Right. I don't play for any professional sports teams. So I don't deserve to wear a game jersey. I don't want to see guys right. with Sidney Crosby shirts on that are 60 years old. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be wearing them. It's very weird. And these are the same guys, I guarantee you, that are on Twitter, that are on Instagram. And w- when these athletes post something, they're right in there. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's fandom. It's almost creepy mm-hmm. fandom. And mm-hmm. just please stop doing it. I, I just don't want to see it anymore. It just makes me uncomfortable to see a grown-ass man wearing a guy's jersey that's 20 years younger than him. Yeah. Wear grown people clothes. You can wear a regular shirt. You can even wear the team's T-shirt. But don't wear a game jersey. You don't play for the team. And my biggest pet peeve is when you wear a game jersey and put your own friggin' name on the back of it. That drives me Mm -hmm. nuts. So please stop. That's my rant for the week. I love it. I love it. One of our best ever. I have three quick things for you. First, I got to tease it. Our buddy Joe Moorhead. We got Joe. He's going to be on the show next week. Uh, we're actually going to catch up with him on Sunday. Yeah, we're going to do a Zoom call with him. And we're going to do a Zoom call with him Sunday. We'll make it part of the podcast next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Joe, he's become a legend. What a great career he's had. Quietly, I don't know of many folks uh, from the area, um, you know, follow Joe and have heard about the success that he's had over the past 10 years. Uh, what a great story. He's proven it. He's done a wonderful job everywhere he's been. Worked his way up from the bottom. He did. He worked hard. Um has an insane knowledge of the game, and it's it's paid off for him. I couldn't be happier for him, so we're going to get him on Sunday. He's obviously quite busy right now with uh, spring ball at Akron, and so we're going to spend some time with him Sunday. You're not going to want to miss that. Next thing, the Pitt Blue-Gold game is Saturday. Of course, I have a little vested interest in that, as Absolutely. do you. We've become good friends with uh, Nick Patty, who's battling Keaton Slovis to become the starting quarterback this year to replace Kenny Pickett. 
we'll see how they do. All eyes will be on them Saturday. And the, the forecast doesn't look good. It's going to be not the best conditions, unfortunately, for either one of them. I'd like to see a fair competition. We're going to see. Uh, I, I, as I've said, I think Nick has everything it takes to be a great starter, especially with the weapons that Pitt has this year. I think the offense that Signetti wants to run, RPO heavy, they're going to run the ball a ton. They want Signetti likes a mobile quarterback. Look at Djokovic at BC. Uh, I think Nick is best suited for that role. We're going to start seeing it Saturday. Yep. So uh, good luck to Nick uh, on Saturday. I hope he performs well and, and, and stakes a claim to become the starter next year for Pitt. Narduzzi has said he's not going to name a starter. It'll fall camp in typical Coach, coach Narduzzi fashion. But I think he's got to let one of those guys know or let both of them know one way or the it's other. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, Keaton, I don't think, can transfer. I think he's stuck at Pitt at this point. Nick has an opportunity to transfer. So if he's not going to get the opportunity here to play, he's been a great soldier. He's been here four years. He's learned under Kenny. He's buying his time. And I think his time has come, Keaton Slovis or not, uh, to assume the reins and lead this team next year. So we'll see. Last but not least, just a little shout out to the USFL. You and I are huge football fans. I know people laugh. They scoff. I'm going to be watching. I want to see what what's the level we're seeing here what what's the quality of football we're seeing i'll watch any football to fill the gap especially as we talked about earlier when the pirates there's nothing to watch there until exactly June. so usfl i think the first game is april it's coming up 15th yeah, yeah. they're all playing they're playing all the games all the games in, in birmingham alabama Birmingham, all the games which are. i like i think they're doing the this smart yeah. I think slowly building. Right. They don't want to compete with the NFL. No. They want to, you know, this is like the G League. It's a developmental league yeah. for guys that are fringe players on rosters right. or guys that fell out of the league and maybe get another chance to prove that they can play in the right. NFL. So, yeah, I'll be watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of local players, players in the league, including Paris Ford. Yes. Uh, who blew it here. He left a year too early, I think, from Pitt and listened to the wrong people. I wish him well. Local kid, uh, went to Central for a year, freshman year, uh, played at Pitt, showed some signs at Pitt. He's got another shot, and there's a lot of players like him. This is their last shot, yeah. really, uh, to try to get back to the league. So I think it's going to be compelling football. I think these guys are going to leave it all out on the field because they have to put good tape out there. They yeah. want another shot, and this is their chance. So USFL, I think, kicks off the 15th, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. It might be this weekend. Yeah. So check your local listings there no, next week. Next they week used a off. lot of the uh, old names. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. They, everything's the same. Yeah, logos the same. Uniforms are yeah. the same. It takes us back to the mid '80s. Right. And if they, I, the yeah. plan is, if they had some success this year, they're going to go back to the respective cities and, and play. Very smart business approach, all around. I like what they've done. They have some quality head coaches uh, involved. Yes. Some former NFL head coaches. Uh, one that we know very well here, Todd Haley, who was also the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So this is, I don't think it's a joke by any means. I think these are all coaches and players that want to give it another go that still feel like they have something left to No, it's to not prove. a gimmick league. I mean, no, it's definitely not. Develop players to get another chance to play at the NFL level, and that, that's what it's about. And, you know, if your other options, watching the Pirates, I'll be watching the USFL. <laughs> I agree with that. And with that, we're going to sign off for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Feel free to leave comments, suggestions uh, in the, 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 the appropriate sections on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Don't forget, with Joe Moorhead, head coach, University of Akron, Central Catholic grad. 
former offensive coordinator at Penn State, head coach at Mississippi State, offensive coordinator at Oregon. The list could go on. It could I mean, go we could on go further on. back. Right, yeah. And stay we will, tuned for yeah, that. Yeah, we will next week. We're yeah. going to go all the way back with Joe. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you tune in next week. Thank you, as always. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.